1: One of our colleagues, Sam
2: Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie.
1: Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast. Witch Police Radio. Witch Police Radio. Witch Police Radio. Witch Police Radio. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast. which Police Radio.
0: Hey folks, so as you can probably tell from the title, this is not a regular episode of Witch Police Radio. And if you didn't hear the previous episode, I suggest you go back and do that right now. Uh, This is part two of my ongoing series of uh, favorite local albums of the year. I had a massive list, um, as I do every year, and uh, I managed to whittle it down from about 40 albums and EPs to uh, 20 or so. to Actually, just 20 full stop. And so uh, in order to make podcast episodes about these albums, uh, I've needed to break it up into a few different... um, episodes and something i did last year something i started last year but uh, this year it's a little bit more in depth and i'm going to be including um interview clips uh in the cases where i've interviewed these artists and songs from those albums and just a little brief explanation as to why these albums made my list so um yeah this is part two this is starting at number you know i don't even know what number we're at i think this is number 14 here we're starting with and uh, eventually, uh, over a series of episodes, I'm going to get all the way up to number one. But this is the second list. So I did six of them for some unknown reason the first time around. Uh, I think it was supposed to be five, but I counted wrong. Um, as it's pretty obvious, I think at this point, math is not my strong suit. And um, yeah, so I did six. And now I'm going to do four for this one or five for this one. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But starting off, uh, the album that is going to start off this list, it's number 14 on my top 20 is Grim Errands by Kits Willman. Kits Willman is a local uh, rapper, producer, instrumentalist, um, artist. And he's been on the show before. Uh, we did an episode about the previous record uh, a year ago. And uh, I had him on earlier this year to talk about Grim Errands, which is the follow-up. And uh, it's a really cool album. Um, it's kind of a continuation of the um, the previous record, which was um, had a great title that I'm forgetting because it's late at night and i'm tired but um royal visit to uranium city that was it so it's a follow-up to that and this is like a really dense really less abstract and more hip-hop record but somehow also with that abstract avant-garde kind of experimental feel to it uh if that makes sense kind of mixed in with the more rap rap sound i, I realize that that doesn't make any sense but it's a great album grim aarons kit 12 here's a clip from our recent interview as well as a song from the record one thing i like about this record too is that you've included the lyrics which is not something you see often for a hip-hop record i wish i wish it mm-hmm. happened more but i mean that's a uh, first of all it's a lot of words <laughs> based on the, mm-hmm. the length of the track list and some of the songs again are very dense lyrically as well what was yeah. the reason behind that i mean obviously that adds to the the cost of printing it and all of that crap that you have to uh-huh. consider when you're putting out uh, especially a physical uh, copy of an album why was it important to you to
2: include the lyrics for these songs um, so I'll give the logistical aspect first, just talking sure. about the printing and considering what more that would cost. And you'd be surprised at how how low the amount is for like adding more pages mm. to the booklet you're going to do. And I just kind of thought, if I'm not going to have lyrics in it, what am I going to have in the booklet? Like I didn't want just a one sheet in there. You know what sure. I mean? I wanted you to have something you could fold through. And then the other aspect is exactly what you were talking about with rap not doing this. And I totally understand certain people's perspectives and withholding their lyrics and, and kind of maintaining what mystique or mystery they can. Sure. But for me, I kind of think like I'm proud of these lyrics and I, I really think they stand on their own. If someone's just going to open the booklet and read them, I still think that is going to be a worthwhile experience for them compared to maybe previous bands i've had where the lyrics is the last thing we worry about and it's not so much of a focus but with this it was i want to put these out there in the same way as i do put the lyrics on bandcamp anyways so if you're going to get the cd i want you to be able to have that experience of opening it up looking through these things and ideally listening along like i can remember um being super into local bands and you'd see them for the first time you know and local meaning maybe they're from when maybe they're from Calgary you know in in our local scene here right and I would sit with those booklets and I would obsessively learn the lyrics to be able to get the mic thrown to me at the next show or whatever and there's this one band the the ghost cried murder they're called from Calgary I believe and um I I like obsessively learn the lyrics right and sometimes it's funny because you look back and it's like the the cadences weren't really conducive for you to learn it at all sometimes especially in heavy music they just kind of get the lyrics out. But so the singer in this band had a twin brother and this is their last tour and the twin brother is doing vocals instead of the normal guy. And so I'm at the front singing these words and he doesn't know the words. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm filling in the lyrics he's forgetting That's because awesome. I've so obsessively looked at them. Um, so having some of those experiences, it's like I've actually precluded myself from even having that happen because I haven't given the people the tools to maybe what they need to obsessively learn my lyrics and come to the show and sing them, you know. And now they can. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm hoping. Well, and and it's like it's it's
0: interesting too the way you have it laid out because I mean you know lyrics are first of all when there's a lot of words you got to figure out a way to, to fit them all in the in the book and I mean yeah. you know these are obviously the lines are divided by like a slash at the end of each line but it is kind of just these dense paragraphs. Of, of text mm-hmm. and kind of like you're saying, it doesn't really give an indication unless you're listening along what the the rhythm is or what the the meter is uh, of what you're saying. it's just it's just it's just words, right? So it's kind of um mm-hmm. and I think that someone has to be really sort of uh, hyper focused as a listener in order to follow along because it's not like the kind of thing where someone can put it on the background and go off and do something else if they want to actually, you know use the lyric book for for what it's for they need to sort of be mm-hmm. fully engaged, which is almost a rarity these days for people in music, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. And, and that's another part of the logistics of printing. It is kind of being like, okay, it doesn't get to be that much to add more pages. So, okay, let's do the eight page booklet. And that's what it is. Um, but then I started to think, cause I would, when I was designing it and stuff, I would grab CDs off my shelf and be like, well, what, what does it look like? How small is the font? Yeah. Or, you know, stuff like that. And, um, realizing that when they had too big of a booklet, they annoyingly get caught on the little tabs.
0: Yeah, it's too thick to and fit not, in the thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So not wanting to space them out in the way that I might if they were just poems or like the way that they look on the Bandcamp page. Um, so that's an interesting line to, to kind of toe because with this next release, I'm working on the physical for the Saskadumi one with the Ukrainian folk songs. I want them to maintain their stylization a bit more uh, just because they, they have the opportunity to. I don't need sure. to cram as much in. Um, so figuring out these different ways of, of utilizing this new medium that I've honestly never really worked in that much. I only had one band in 2012 that put out a, a CD that actually was in a jewel case where you could have everything. And we did have the lyrics in it. But so that's another element of, you know, thinking of it as a medium where I can present this visual art. And I had Posy Leg did some photography that was in it and trying to give a more full experience because visual art is a huge inspiration to me, just as much as music is.
0: Sure. No, that makes sense. And I think that's also interesting, the, like you're talking about the photography in this. Um, nowhere on the actual cover... Does it say the name of the artist or the name of the album? And and it looks it looks really cool. It's got this, uh, you know um, taken 20 seconds after bomb thrown written at the uh-huh. top. And it's interesting, kind of a uh, because you are you know like we said earlier, this is maybe more accessible musically a lot of the songs to people. But it's still somewhat obscure, you know, from a if you uh-huh. find it on the shelf, there's not really an indication of first of all what kind of music it is, who the artist is, what the album's even called. I mean, you look at the back, you can see grammarians and stuff and, and the song titles, yeah. but you know what I mean, right? It's uh-huh. it's got this kind of mystery to it despite also being more accessible. Is that something you didn't? Yeah.
2: Intentionally? Um, not, not exactly in that sense. I think, uh, now, now I could say, I'd like to be able to say, yes, I totally <laughs> thought that, but it, it was more so the thing of, okay, I'm working with this physical. The physical is something I'm expecting people to hold. And yeah, just turn to the side and it says the title and stuff. Yeah. And there is a bit of a, maybe a dualism with the front to the back where, um, I wanted to have this nature presentation, but that caption is from this photo of these two dead anarchists in Chicago. Um, so I actually like took that off a different photo and put it on this one. Um, so kind of when I can talk about it, there's some influences there and it's just like honeysuckle trees. Yeah. That's what the photo is. Um, but the back is just totally copied off my favorite Alice Coltrane album, Journey in Sacha and so having to to someone who is familiar with the stuff that I'm drawing influence from the back might make them think it's a jazz record. Totally. It looks like it. Yeah, you it know? definitely does. Yeah. 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 yeah so I like having that element where I, I said in the last interview, you know, jazz is always a part of it and it, it doesn't show up so much on this album aside from there's a couple of jazzier songs and I did put some sacks in there. Yeah. Um, but having, having those other ways again with the, the physical medium to point to, I don't really take too much actual musical influence from Alice Coltrane, but like I have a song a couple projects ago called Alice Coltrane. I like to point to these people again and again because whether or not the music is discernibly influenced, I still want to make sure people know this is someone who has a big impact on me.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I
1: wish, I hope, I wonder. Where you at sometimes Is your back against the wall Or just across the line Have you been Standing in the rain Reciting nursery rhymes Trying to recall Some long lost kind of peace of mind I dreamed that they locked God up down in my basement and waited there for me to have this accident so they could drink my wine. share the pain. My saddle in the rain. My saddle's in the rain. rain. I saw a friend who doesn't know if I'm his friend just yet. His eyes and mouth were widely open and his jaw was set like he fell off a the bottom yet. I wish you wouldn't pull those things on me without a net. Without a net, without a net. Had it hit the bottom yet. I had him up to the house one time. And we was having a real good time. Then he Not too far from the Alamo sits a girl who stole my records very long ago She wishes once and washes out those dirty clothes Shuts her eyes and dreams about her one-eyed joke Car parked on a dirty road Heaven knows the load she pulled Couldn't take the strain Couldn't take the strain Settle in.
0: that was uh Kids Woman. Uh his album Grim Errands was uh number 14 on my list. And so coming in at number 13 is an EP by the band Death Cassette. And the timing is really interesting on this one because the day I am recording this, I actually got uh Lindsey from the band dropped off a copy of the tape, which is the the album that is on this list at number 13. Um but I had been listening to it all year or since it came out in the fall on Bandcamp, but I finally got a physical copy today. Uh, it's a follow-up to their previous record. Um, It's kind of long-awaited, it's been a few years between albums, and uh, it's really great. It's really loud and raw, definitely raw, and um, it's kind of a step up from the previous record, which was called Grimm, Um, and that's saying a lot because I love the first record. It's uh, six songs, six songs that go by fast, they go by powerful and hard, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool. I love Death Cassette, I think that they're one of my favorite local bands, and I'm always happy to uh, A, have them on the podcast and be listen to their stuff. So I'm glad I could put this uh, EP on the list. And I suggest that you check that out as soon as humanly possible. Here's a clip from the interview and a song. Yeah, and you've and you have a new record coming out. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it definitely seems like this this album has been a long time in the works. I mean, I remember seeing uh, photos of you guys recording it, and I was like, "Oh, cool! There's a new album coming out." And then you know, months later, now it's finally it's finally happening. Uh, how long has this been sort of uh, in the works for you guys?
3: Well, just like just over a year, I would say, because we recorded last summer with uh, John Paul Peters, so and that was what August
4: private ear studios we did yeah. it the day of the burt block party yeah. we we got this crazy opportunity so we had uh recording booked we had the day booked and we we're doing like the record live off the floor all the instruments and we went in the night before got our tones and then that day we recorded the entire record all the instruments and then went right to there to the block party to play with uh, like pop and cancer bats and rise against so it was,
5: it was a pretty it, it was, a, was a surreal
4: day. Was a we, day we actually had to wake up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday to go
5: <laughs> record,
4: we were like, "What are we doing here?" Because <laughs> we had to get it all done by three because we had to go sound check for that block party at four, and it was crazy. And like I'm, you know, I'm pretty old and out of shape, and my back was killing me <laughs> by the end of that night. I was looking around backstage for a place to lay down. <laughs> oh
0: man! So this new one was it just recorded in one shot like that? Like the whole the whole album was was done. That's that's cool.
3: Yeah, not not the vocals. Okay. The vocals. I went back uh, later that week and just did uh, vocals over top, but we recorded everything live together. Otherwise, for the instruments, we
4: we were really careful. John Paul was really great with us. That so we're we're a live band anyway, right? And we, John Paul was really great. Got us in the day before and got all our tones like dialed. Everything was like. Absolutely dialed for tones. Uh, Spent a long time getting a really good drum tone, long time getting a really good bass tone, and then our guitars as well. So, um, and we were, those songs we were really tight with. So we just played them five times through uh, each and we just took the best take. And then we did the vocals later that weekend. And Manny nailed the vocals. Like, this is the, like, this is, this recording really sounds like her.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's, like, the first time I actually sound like myself, and he made me feel really comfortable in there, that I just, like, was able to get it in, like, one or two takes, pretty much, so. Yeah.
0: yeah. What, what is it about the vocals that sounds like yourself? Because that's an interesting way of, of sort of referring to it. I mean, it, sound,
3: cause it, it,
0: it does sound like you on previous records, because I know you've, you've been involved in a lot of other projects over the years, but what makes this more sort of you-ish, if that's if that's a word? Yeah.
3: I, I, don't, I can't really put my finger on it, but like it sounds maybe less produced and how I feel like I would sound live, I okay. guess, because I feel like any time that I've tried to record, it's like um, maybe I'm forcing it, I feel really awkward. Um, so I just I just feel like it was probably my best takes.
0: Cool. was death cassette. Coming up next on my list at I guess this would be number 12 is uh one of my favorite local weirdos. Uh, it's this, uh Midnight Review Presents, uh, aka Matthew Powers, who uh has a very very interesting um experimental art project um called, as I just said, Midnight Review Presents. Um always with his records uh the the the, the concepts behind them um from the packaging on down is super original and unique and this one is I think uh, the body horror is, I think, the most um, original of the packaging. It doesn't fit in a regular case. It's a it's a, a fabric felt kind of cover. Um, I think they're all individually unique. And like his previous records, it's uh, really, really involved. There's a lot of people contributing to it, um, including the famous Sandhogs on this one, which is really cool. And it's spooky and eerie and, and loud and noisy and raw and rough at some points and, and kind of um, definitely experimental and strange as one would expect from a minute review presents album and yeah it's really cool so i was really glad to get this one i'm glad he put this out i've been sort of following along with all the previous records as well and i just generally really love what he does so here's a clip from our interview earlier this year and a song from the body horror and listening to it on tape right in, in the way i guess that it was intended to be listened to i'm assuming it does have that yeah. kind of um fluidness to it right but you're you're in an era where people are listening to things in so many different ways like we like we said at the beginning so how, how do you make something that has kind of an overarching vibe and um you know is clearly recorded like you said in sort of one big group rather than just individual songs sort of from years and years put together how do you maintain that kind of feel to it if you don't know if you know that people are going to be in the, you know maybe pulling track three off Bandcamp and then they skip ahead to track seven or whatever you know like is that something you have to worry about? Is the fact that it's going to probably be just taken apart and uh, rearranged rather than listen to kind of start to finish?
6: Um, no, I mean, it's not an overall concern to me. I mean, um, I wrote it that way because it kind of felt right to write it that way. And that's just my personal choice. If somebody really wants to just pick it apart or add something to a, a playlist or whatever, I mean, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I think the songs stand on their own in that sense that, you're not necessarily going to get the through vibe just listening to one of the songs, but I mean, I think they stand alone on their own enough anyways. That
0: Yeah. You can still I like mean, a song without having the, the, the context of the rest of the record.
6: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's not like it's um, a, a, a thematic story all the way through or anything like that. The lyrics are inconsequential to each other, you know, like they're just, um, they were all almost, they were in this case, they were written by three different people. And the first song, uh by me, the second by Sandhogs, and uh Nicholas Friesen wrote lyrics to the third one. So I mean um they weren't it's not like an overall story I had in mind, like a Mars Volt album or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just I felt that tona- tonally it, it kind of had a a through vibe and like um but yeah there there's nothing that carried it otherwise.
0: Okay what is the sort of um is there an ongoing plan for midnight review presents i mean you seem to release a new tape every every couple of years every year or so however long it is between tapes but is it it seems like the kind of project where you can potentially just do it forever right because i mean you're doing most of it on your own and then connecting with collaborators but is it one of those things where you know 10 years from now there could still be more midnight review presents tapes coming out
6: I don't see why not. I mean, as long as as long as I'm still kicking, I'm going to keep doing weird art, and that's just what I do. So, I mean, um, I have another album already recorded and ready to go, and I've been sending it to people. And cool. um, um, no, I I I see no need to stop. It's just something that I I can't stop. Even you know, I mean, um, if I had all the time in the world, I would I would do a lot more recording. But with kids and work and the pressures of life and all that kind of stuff you know you only get so much time
0: yeah of course um yeah, i know exactly what you mean yeah
6: but yeah i mean there were there were longer years in between the first couple albums because i was still playing in bands and uh that's not happening as much these days um so i do have more time for other things but yeah i mean i'm always going to keep doing this it's it's a it's a compulsion it's a yeah i have to keep doing it you know i can't stop
0: yeah, no, I I feel the same way about this show that I do. Um, like, i I've so gone so far now that it's too it's too late it's too late to back out. <laughs> it's already no it's going to keep well, happening forever. I, 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 I know the feeling for sure.
6: I mean, obviously, it would be great to be able to be compensated for the work we do, right? In the sense that, like, if you could if this could be your main job, I'm sure you would be. Yeah, all it would about be amazing. That, right?
0: Yeah, and then I'm sure you're you as well. I mean, if you could do yeah 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 minute review as 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 a, a full time gig, that'd be incredible. Yeah
6: even any sort of just artistic pursuit and I mean like I my my day job is artistic and creative enough uh I get to work in a warehouse where I build props and get to design things and be creative in that sense but um yeah I mean I've always I've always done stuff like midnight review or you know painted or done random things or tried to do video work and um just I, I can't stop creating in that sense so it's whatever form it comes out and it's going to come out and whether it's under the the midnight review umbrella or if it's just something something else else,
0: well and i guess the the are the technological dystopia we're in where everything is can everyone's connected and you can post anything you want online it makes it easy for projects like that too right because mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything you can make an album take as long as you want as, as quick as you want put it online and then it's there for whoever wants to to see it. It's a different, um, I imagine even, even 10, 15 years ago, it would be much more complicated to, to, to be doing this with all the other, you know, life pressures and things like that. And I I assume you still would have been doing it, but the, uh, the ease of something like Bandcamp and all these streaming sites and stuff is you can just kind of throw your music out and it's, it's, it's gone to whatever corner of the world (laughs) decides to track it down.
6: Yeah. I mean, it's exciting that once it's, it's online, anybody can potentially hear it. Right. I mean, um, maybe it's a bit of like screaming into the void at this point. Like there's just so much out there, right. That, I mean, where you're making a dent is kind of, it is what it is. But I mean, like I've met a lot of really cool people doing this in the city and, you know, um, that's, that's really more important to me is just forming these sort of collaborative relationships that, that that I can keep continuing to do this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, meeting the right people that, have the same kind of uh you know intentions and interest in the in those sorts of things and yeah um yeah i mean what what could you do in the past right like put out an album and then try and get it into hmv or like cd plus or something like that i mean like now
0: especially if you're not playing shows right i mean this isn't the type of project where you're out there gigging once a week or whatever because Hmm. it's not that type of project so yeah that would have been a lot more complicated
6: yeah, I mean, just being able to throw it up online, and I mean, I didn't roll this one out in any way. I just, I was finally done it, and I just was, I, I was like, okay, it's done. I release done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've, in past projects, in this one and in other bands, you know, you do the whole two months lead up, and then you do like the single drop, and then you do all that other stuff, and then you go on tour, and then you do the CD release, and et cetera, et cetera, and like, yeah, I mean not with this project which like is freeing in its own way and but you know i'd like i'd love to get it on stage at some point sometime before before i'm too old to ever do that you know? yeah that was but, kind of
0: um, my next question is like how much work would it entail to to make this to play one of these albums i mean whether it's the, the current one or one of the previous ones or whatever like in its yeah. entirety on stage how many people would you need to, to pull something like that off
6: <laughs> I would vary on song by song i, I guess, guess yeah yeah um, after um, after Sit Down Tracy broke up, uh, Janelle and I we we did start uh, the band we uh, the Midnight Review band Midnight Review presents. Um, we got Roger Arsenault to play bass, and I was searching for a drummer to to fill the spot. And um...
0: which is weird, I, mean, <laughs> I seeing as like you're best known as a drummer, I think to most people
6: that's my thing but i didn't want to do like some leave on helm drum <laughs> sing thing uh, that, that that didn't people said do that but i didn't, I just didn't feel that was the thing so i was playing guitar and singing and doing some keys and um yeah i had a really hard time finding a drummer until that's how i actually met david dobbs um and then we just kind of moved on with vampires yeah but, um yeah, janelle got burnt out after playing music for so many years and roger was starting to feel the same way and um you know it just didn't feel like it was naturally gonna just fall into place it wasn't really working out so you know vampires came along and that was great that took that that was really fun we did a lot of great stuff um, and I guess <laughs> you know now I have kids and uh, uh, this is post pandemic where I hadn't nobody had really played shows even in any in, a, in so long yeah. for sure
0: yeah it's been such a weird time yeah. for anything creative
6: Oh, for sure, but I mean, yeah, I, it it would be a real dream to just get the to get it on stage one day, and um, you know, could do it with five people. Just would um, the people would have to be comfortable with uh, playing keys one song, and then smacking a metal bowl with a stick the next song, and uh, it, it, people's jobs would wildly vary from song to song. I think it'd be really fun though to try and recreate some of these things because they were created so. Um, improved and pieced out in a basement alone by myself for the most part so yeah. was, when we were jamming it, it was really fun actually hearing them out loud and hearing other people play the parts all at once you know it was neat
0: it'd be cool to see that live too i think just that the spectacle of people jumping around from instrument to instrument and then <laughs> noisemaker to noisemaker it would be it'd be cool well
6: i mean if anyone's out there and wants to <laughs> start the band
0: All right that was, minute review- that was minute review presents and that was a song from the body horror and a clip from our interview which came out earlier this year uh, coming in number 11 now is chuck copanese uh for, with his album Oshki manitou and chuck is a uh jazz electronic funk experimental whatever you want to call him trumpet player uh he encompasses a lot of genres mixing jazz with traditional indigenous sounds and with funk and with electronic music And all kinds of cool stuff. Um, This is his first album in a while as well. Uh, I managed to see him live over the summer and it was great. Uh, Big fan of the way this guy plays. And the way that he, kind of the voice he has as a trumpet player, uh, I think is very unique. And we talked about sort of the spiritual background behind a lot of these tracks. And and sort of the cultural uh, elements uh, when he was on the podcast. And yeah, really cool to see this record come out. Uh, It's an excellent album. Here is a clip from my conversation with Chuck. As well as a song from Oscar Manitou. So, um, you know, people may have heard your previous recordings, may have seen you live over the years. You've done a lot of touring. You've, you've been pretty active, um, you know, playing shows and you've been out there and, and everything like that. But what what can you tell me about this new single, first of all, Creator? Because it's uh, something you just released and it's, uh, you know, obviously you want people to hear it in the lead up to the, to the, to the album.
7: Yeah, for sure. Um, so Creator... I wrote this song actually quite a while ago, and it was back in, uh, would have been in, yeah, it's kind of a, I think that would have been 20, 2016, oh. I think was when I first wrote this song, so it's, it's it's I've been playing it for a while with my group, but um, I haven't been able to, to record up until last year, and um, so... When this song came about, um, I had just gotten, started going to sweat lodges and ceremonies and, uh, um, and there were, there are two melodies in particular, particular that, that really struck me and, um, affected, you know, it kind of affected the way I look at music, and just kind of, uh. The whole process of of getting used to going to sweat lodges and ceremonies for myself was really uh, was a really strong. There's some real real strong inward changes that had to happen that happened at that time, and uh, so these these melodies, I started uh, I started being able to kind of uh, internalize them, and uh, and I guess when that happened. Then, when I started writing music, it just kind of, then I started working with these melodies as, as, as a, and forming a song around them. So, Creator is one of the, these, uh, one of those tunes. It's a ceremonial melody. Um, and it's very well known. A lot of people that, that, you know, most people that go to ceremonies around Winnipeg would have, would know the song and, and, uh, um, and, and, yeah, so I was able to kind of make a, a kind of funky jazz, um, I guess, a harmonization to, to that melody. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been well received over the years. So I'm, I'm really happy to finally be able to record it and, uh, you know, present it in a more, you know, uh, to more people. Yeah. Because I, I still think it's a it's a pretty unique thing that, um, you know, it's kind of more of a jazz funk um, fusion with Indigenous melodies. And uh, this fusion has been going around, going along in a lot of different ways with a lot of different uh, genres of music. And um, so I'm, I'm happy to, to con- contribute to that, you know, and just kind of raise awareness of, of the strength of, of Indigenous music. and. Uh, you know the amount of uh, yeah the structure of these melodies are are you know are really are really uh i don't know what the word is like solid or sound you know and and um, yeah so i'm happy uh you know i think i think some people are listening to it now and you know it's really it's really nice to be able to record it and i and i recorded it with uh live off the floor at stereo bus with paul Yee. And uh, he actually played bass on it. Okay. Um, and he's a—I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Yee, but he's a—he's a world-class bass player, and and he runs a great studio. You know, I recorded the album Stereo Bus, and, and then I had Scott and Victor, and we we just kind of came up with an arrangement of that tune for the studio and played it kind of live off the floor in a. In one afternoon, and then, uh, and then I overdub trumpet, and and uh, we, me and Paul did some. I, I actually sing on this song.
0: Yeah, there's yeah, there's vocals on it. Yeah.
7: yeah so I, uh, you know, that was another. That's another thing that's kind of happened over the years as I've started. Um, yeah, at, in different ceremonies, I've, I've started to be able to sing songs. I'm starting to get to know, you know, have my own little library of songs that i i can sing and yeah so it's really it's really good i really like that it's it's a cool
0: it's like a cool combination of 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 all of these things you're talking about i mean there's obviously the traditional element to it that is very strong throughout and then there's the um the the jazz funk stuff happening but it also like you said you come from an electronic music background and it kind of has this hypnotic vibe throughout um which i think is that underlying melody throughout the whole song that 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 really kind of um it, it it hooks you in i think um you know, pretty much from the beginning right through to the end, it's this this constant sort of uh, sort of groove happening.
7: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It, it's uh that's yeah, that's probably going to be something like, like an element of my music going forward. Like, there's there's I think I like I like really ethereal, you know, trumpet sounds. Yeah. And I'm I'm always you know I'm always trying to to float you know with. With whatever is going on, I don't. I'm not, you know, kind of um, type of guy who likes to play really fast and play lots of notes, you know, all over the place or whatever. I, I've always been that way, more yeah. of a lyrical, lyrical player. So, yeah.
0: well, it's interesting too because that, I mean, that song particularly, and, and some of your other stuff too, is very much seems to be focused on on atmosphere rather than, like you said, you know, the really kind of flashy playing but then you're playing an instrument that is that is the lead instrument all these songs and then somehow you're you're taking that those lead parts and making them like a an aspect of the atmosphere that you're creating rather than being over top of it is is that something that you're doing deliberately or is that just sort of how your sound comes out
7: um yeah i think i do i think i do do that deliberately um and that's yeah that's always kind of been an approach that i have is to um become a like try to be a part of what's going on rather than having to be in front of everything. Yeah. You know, so everything that I want to play, I, I always, um, am, you know, either trying to react or I'm trying to like just kind of support or, or, you know, like support the whole idea that everyone's trying to present. Okay. And, uh, in, yeah, instead of, uh, so I I always want to create like a, like a mood or create a, you know, um, you know, just something that, that is easy to connect to, okay. you know, or, or easy to just listen to and have an enjoyable time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does, does that require a different approach to playing trumpet than, than, than you otherwise would if you were, you know, if you were in a more sort of standard jazz group and, and you would be, you know, having parts where you're the leader or if you're leading the whole song? Um, i imagine i'm not, not obviously not a trouble player but i imagine there's there has got to be different techniques you're using to to blend rather than then you know stand out above everything
7: yeah yeah there there's definitely um different different ways of playing or approaching the instrument yeah. i think uh i think playing in a regular in a a more straight jazz combo you know um there would be more rhythmical I think like more more percussive playing sure and um and really contributing to that rhythmical you know um interaction that's going on with like drums and the bass everyone's like or like moving there's more movement yeah and uh yeah so so you need to be a little bit more speedy you know and and uh, contribute those rhythmical ideas to the rest of the group, so that everyone can, uh, can really take that, that initial song and just make it grow, and then come back to that, uh, that, that uh, initial melody and, and go through all the different solos and stuff. So yeah, I think, I think maybe just more, there's a lot more per- percussive element okay. when you're playing jazz.
0: Chuck Copanese, uh with a song from Oshki Manitou, and uh, preceded by a clip from our interview earlier this year. And so to close off this re- this edition, I was going to say rendition, but that doesn't make sense. To close off this edition of the um, albums of the year, uh, as you can tell, we're at number 10 here, so there are indeed uh, nine more to go. Uh, those will probably be on either one or two episodes, depending on uh, how I decide to break them up. But uh, yeah, just uh, closing out the top 10, I guess, and then also closing off this episode, is the uh, new record by HoptGhost Battle Scars? Um, I have nothing but good things to say about this band. Uh, I like their sort of um, their their viewpoint, their 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 values, and also their kind of throwback uh, to a genre of music in metalcore that was never really anything I was into. I would think I think I just kind of like, based on my age, missed that whole movement. But there are elements of it that I really like that kind of um, connect to some of the things that I grew up listening to. And yeah, it's really abrasive and, 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 and loud and, and heavy. And, uh, it's just great. Um, can't say enough good things about this band. Uh, I really love them. And, uh, it was super cool to see their first full length come out. Uh, their EP before this was great. Uh, the singles they've been releasing are great. And, uh, this is a really cool album. I got it on tape. Um, and yeah, Hopscotch Battle Scars. I can never say their name fast. I always speak too fast and I say Hopscotch Battlescars, but it's Hopscotch Battle Scars, all one word. And uh, yeah, here's a clip from the interview that I did with uh, two members of the band earlier this year, as well as a track for the new record. And um, yeah, that's going to close this one out. So I hope you uh, uh, enjoyed this episode. If you didn't listen to the previous one, I implore you to go back and check it out because it has um, numbers 20 through 15. And then stay tuned in the next week or so, where you're going to hear all the way up from number nine to number one and find out what my favorite record of the year is in 2023 by local artists um and you you know of course can disagree with any of these if you have uh comments on uh, the order I ranked these or albums I may have missed because I know I missed a ton of them please feel free to you know send me a send me a note write some comments uh tell me I'm an idiot whatever you want to do and uh keep listening and thanks again sonically how do you how do you feel that you've uh, kind of Move forward as a band, like is it, is it is it very similar stylistically, or do you think that there's been like some leaps um, into other directions over that time?
5: There are a couple tracks that are pretty similar to like the older stuff. There are some that lean more into like kind of like the straight up like kind of beat down mosh music style. Some that are a little like wackier, and then there are some that are just straight up like straight up like two thousand three style metalcore that you would hear on like Hellfest or something like that.
8: Let's always kind of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I think um, there's been some refining. We've definitely, like, through the songs that we've been doing in the last couple of years, like, we've kind of tried some more, like, traditional hardcore stuff. We've tried some more beatdown stuff. We've tried to go really wacky, and I think we found kind of a nice blend. Um, But I think one of the biggest sonic characteristics that you will notice is different in this album versus previous stuff is just uh, whatever. We recorded it with uh, Jordan Voth, at uh, ricochet recording and it just sounds really good to have uh you know coming from our first singles where we just did it ourselves uh you know it's nice to have a producer who yeah. um has such a vision um so jordan definitely the the fifth member of the band on that one really uh putting this album together
0: yeah well he seems um, to have a sound like regardless of who he's working with right he's, he's got a pretty wide range of i mean they're all sort of in in the, in the punk two heavier genres but he has like sort of a distinct thing that he does that that seems to always work as a producer
8: yeah i'd say so for sure
0: one of the things i kind of like about you know referring to that 2003 metalcore stuff and i think last time i talked to you we we talked about like uh myspace uh, music right i think that there's this cool thing where genres of music that maybe at one point in time were kind of like shat on by people cuz they weren't cool anymore. Now there's this unironic people love that shit. Like people, I mean, new metal seems to all there's so many bands I've talked to over the years over the past 3 or 4 years who've cited new metal and completely honestly like they love it. And for a long time that was kind of like you can't say you like new metal. And I think metalcore in some respects has similar um a similar vibe to that where it was like for a while it was oh no, I don't I don't like that. But now people are just like no, this is were inspired by this. Like what do you think it is? What's what's happened? Like why 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 is stuff that wasn't cool now just accepted? Is it that people don't care anymore? About
5: Yeah, I think cool? just people kind of stopped caring. Like I can like go out and say that I love the song Higher by Creed and I'll have like ten people go like, Oh yeah, I love that song and it's like not like the people that you would traditionally think would be like unapologetic Creed fans. Sure. Uh but like I just think people just kind of stopped caring. Stop giving a shit. It's like, like what you like. I don't really care that much. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I think that's how it should be, for sure. I mean, there's stuff I yeah. listen to that people, you know, would never expect and think I'm ridiculous for listening to. But yeah, you should totally like what you like. Do like, you think that's good stuff, you gotta admit. Yeah, some, some, for sure. Yeah. Some, of, some of it is, yeah. Do, do you think that maybe this is because of the internet kind of... Um, democratizing things where, where, where everyone has there's, there's, things aren't so much. I mean, things are definitely there's, there's scenes and niches and cliques and everything in any genre of music, but because everyone has access to everything all at once now then maybe it doesn't matter what you listen to because everything is just kind of right there in front of you and you don't have to, Oh, I only listen to punk because I go to these shows in this record store. Now it's just all kind of barfed up at you on a computer screen and, and there's no limit to what you can find.
5: Yeah. I think that might be like a good part of it. Cause like, Back in the day, like I don't, I'm like kind of talking on my ass right now because I'm only like fucking 19 years old. But it was like like the the tastemakers were kind of the people who wrote for the publications, kind of yeah. would tell people what to like and what to uh, listen to. And then like as it went on, the, everyone just kind of started, you know, the, the social media tie took over, and like anyone could just say anything, and people are like, oh wait, there are other people that like like this kind of. Stuff that I like, and I cannot be ashamed to like it anymore. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's like that now. Because I like, I'm 40, so I mean, I I lived mm-hmm. through all that stuff where you had to be cool about what you're listening to, and people would judge you horribly. <laughs> you know, you couldn't find your people if you liked something weird.
5: I mean, my own bandmates still make fun of me for listening to the Bare Naked Ladies and thinking they're the greatest band ever, or whatever.
0: <laughs> Does that I'm sneak into to the keep listening? Does that sneak into your music at all? Does <laughs> that influence? Uh,
5: I wish. Uh, I don't think anyone else in the band would let me sneak any of that influence into there, but
8: yeah. Wow. Uh, one riff. I'll give you one bare naked ladies <laughs> riff in the middle of the song.
5: Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold you to that right now. I'm looking forward okay, to hearing that cool. on the
0: record. <laughs> um. Both of you mentioned earlier uh, that you went, like, in terms of the sound, you went in wacky directions. What does that mean? I mean, what do you, is that something specific you're referring to? Is there, like, a certain song that that sounds wacky to you, or
5: what? We have a song. It's the first track on the album. It's called Wacky Intro Song.
0: Oh, literally called, okay, yeah.
8: (laughs) So that's the wacky one. It's kind of, I guess the wacky comes from just, um, like, juxtaposing different parts together that feel like they shouldn't work. Okay. You know, it's like, there's a little, uh, you know, it starts kind of weird. And then it like it has like a, a different kind of weird thing. And then it's like a jazz thing. And then it's like a really heavy thing. And, you know, just jumping around between those. But like, not for very long in each. It's just kind of like, here it is. And then, oh, all right. Okay, here we go. Just like, throwing you around into different things. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I think of as wacky like this shouldn't work together and it's just one minute of just like what's happening
0: yeah well and, and and some of that stuff too i mean like mentioning having kind of jazz parts and some of the like a lot of your music i, I know people i don't know how to explain this really but people think that anything is that's kind of uh, related to, to punk rock or hardcore in any way is simplistic and is expected to just be three chords and and, and you're obviously doing stuff that's way more complex than that and has you know obviously more technical um, inspiration than than just bashing out a couple chords how important is it to you to have kind of that level of musicianship in the songs rather than just you know because you could just bash something out and scream and get a similar effect but not the same kind of uh, overall impact i think if that makes
8: sense yeah uh very important to me for sure to to go the the stranger route you know um I'm always, like, unnecessarily trying to make things weirder. Like, whatever. For the EP, we wrote one song, and it's, like, got a bunch of sections in seven, and then there's some sections in four, and I'm like, why do we have any sections in four? Forget about the four. Let's add more seven, you know? Take away a beat, just for no reason. Um. Yeah, I, I like things just being overly complicated, and, um, like, not really leaning into traditional, like, songwriter instincts is kind of my thing. I don't know. I just like, but also I don't really know how to write a song anyway. So it's like, I'm just like putting beep boo boop, boop bop, different parts together.
0: Well, that's maybe a benefit though, right? Not not having that, kind of not being stuck in that, that routine of, of writing songs the way they're supposed to be written and then you can do something weird like that and it just seems, it comes out naturally, right?
8: Mm-hmm. One of my big uh, revelations for this year, i like, New Year's resolution, I was like, okay, all the music I write this year uh, is going to have no repeating form your little like formal structure to it. You know, I don't want to repeat any sections. I want everything to be like a Rhapsody where it's just like, it goes through. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because having a form is a, like, gives security to the listener. You know, it's like, okay, if, if I can expect that this part is going to repeat again later, um, then it's like, okay, now I can bob my head to that. I know what's going on. I don't want any of that. I don't want you to feel safe at all when listening to my music. I just want this part and then this part and this part. And you're just like, constantly like that, uh, Mr. Krabs meme where he's like, Ooh, you know, (laughs) just like, I don't know. I don't know. Just trying to survive. Well, there's like 30 people doing spin kicks behind you.
0: So instead of the typical, like the, the stereotypical, uh, having a good beat and you can dance to it, it has a confusing beat and you don't know how to dance to it.
8: That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I want a confusing beat where everyone's bobbing their head at the wrong spot. And I can look out at the audience and be like, ha 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 ha. You don't know the song. (laughs) (laughs)